following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I.com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Yo, yo, yo. It's GleeCast and we're working. What, what? Finally. We, we just are had working. We some had, technical... A long round of technical confusions. It wasn't really difficulties. It was more minor confusion. Yeah, it was confusion because we couldn't tell who could. Was, I she could hear me. I couldn't hear her. But my video call, my test call, just worked. So I don't know what what changed between my test call and I Holly couldn't tell Nelly. if Erica could hear me or couldn't hear me. And so then I I I typed on the texting thingy of Skype. Can you hear me? And Erica wrote I C A N apostrophe without P. So I'm like, well, is that, it's a typo one way or the other. Normally one doesn't accidentally hit the apostrophe, but what if she did? I don't know. It was very confusing, but we're here now for you, Glee. I apologize. Um, Yes, we're here now. I mean, hey, at least we didn't kill somebody with Down syndrome just, you know, for an episode. Just for an episode, yes. Just for an episode, right? We could have been worse. We could have been a lot worse. Indeed. We're GleeCast. I'm Emily. I'm Erica. Uh, we are here today to talk about the episode Funeral, the yes. 21st episode of Glee's second season, correct? Correct. Sure, maybe. Okay. Uh, this is the pena- penultimate episode of season two. Yes, it uh, is. We have one more episode after this. Um, we will explain, I guess, at the end what our plan is as far as attacking that and um, our hiatus, but we'll get to that. Uh, is there any other introductory business we have? Um, did you see what Dominique tweeted us earlier about the... The hot 100 lists? Um, I kind of did, but I didn't have time at work to figure out what it actually meant. Um, so apparently there's two websites, afterellen.com and afterelton.com. I don't know exactly what they are. I'm on are, it Are they in reference to Ellen DeGeneres and Elton John? I think so. Um, the only other Elton I know is the guy from Clueless, the character. So that seems odd. It's quoted as the pop culture site that plays for your team. So I'm going to say yes. Okay. <laughs> um. And it looks like the Gleeks pretty much ruled their top 100 hottest lists. Okay. Um, I forget exactly what she said. Wait, let's I think see. Na- I know Naya Rivera was number one. She was oh. number one, yeah. And Heather Morris was number two on the ladies list, which was on After Ellen. Rivalry. And uh, Darren Chris was number one on the uh, Elton list. Okay, that's fitting. So, that's- good for them. Good for them. Yay. We're proud of them. Um, I read hot. a uh, oh, oh Mookie is scratching me. Um, I read a back issue of Marie Claire, which I get through Air Miles, which I keep in the bathroom and like occasionally read. And uh, the one from a few issues ago was um, the featured cover people. It was the Glee ladies, but it was just Diana of Aragon, uh, Mercedes, Amber Riley, and Leia Michelle, and they all uh, did little interviews and had pictures of them from high school, and it was very cute. And um. they all acted really friendly and like. We all get along. We're best friends. And you're like, yeah, fuck that. I bet Sure you. you do. You're having the same fights about who should sing solos as you, mm-hmm. you are on screen. Mm-hmm. I believe it. All right. So should we just delve right into the episode then? Yeah, let's jump right in. Okay. This episode was written by Ryan Murphy and directed by Bradley Buecher, who is also the director of a couple of other Glee episodes. Um, he was He's primarily an editor, I think, and then he's done some Glee. He did... Original song, which was the finale before finale of regionals this year, come back and never been kissed. So he's done good episodes of Glee, ones I think we liked, yeah, didn't love but liked. All right, so the Glee cap, as it were, <clears throat> we've got a golden ticket to Sue's adorable sister Jean's adorable funeral. Our stalwart Cheerio doesn't have enough black tracksuits to get her through the loss, but thankfully, Finn steps up his game by insisting with Kurt that New Directions lend a hand and a voice. This is Poppycock to, Je- to Jesse St. James, the newly hired show choir consultant who convinces Will to stage auditions and build the Nationals' performance around the best singer. Tensions flare until something or another makes Will realize that it's an idiotic plan that negates everything that makes New Directions who they are. Other stuff happens, primarily Finn breaking up with Quinn because he's still in love with Rachel, who now seems snug in Jesse St. James's neckerchief, which could be problematic since Quinn ends the episode by threatening something ominously mysterious and probably very ominous. 
Speaking of ominous, Emma encourages Will to say goodbye to his lima roots as he secretly plans his Broadway debut. And lastly, Terry shows up to tell us she's leaving. Tears were shed, little sisters turned dead. And that is what you missed on this episode of Glee. Um, so a uh, somber episode of Glee, if yeah. you will. Um, what did you think of the fact that we open very quickly with the fact that Jean is dead? That I I have so many issues with this episode. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I don't even, I feel like all I can do is just jump right in and say that I, I was not a fan of this episode for multiple reasons. <laughs> Clearly the number one issue was the Willy Wonka happenings. But, um, <laughs> we, I mean, do we, do we need to explain this now or should we wait till we get to the song? We'll wait. Cause not everybody knows about it. Okay. No, we'll wait till we get there. Cause for, for listening, everybody don't yeah. hang up now. It's, it's like a teaser. We'll keep you right. listening. Um, I just, I feel like. I feel like they very easily could have fixed the problem I had with the episode. The biggest problem I had was that they give Sue this big redemption that I really feel like she didn't deserve yet Mm. because she's been so awful this season, so terrible. And then in one episode, she gets redemption and is tied up neat and clean. And what, what really bothered me is I know we're going to, um, we talked about it to, who, who did we talk to about it on, on Twitter briefly? Was it Nigel? No, because he's behind. Uh, it was um, equal opportunity door. Okay, James. James. Um, my my biggest issue is that she she's been so so awful, and everything gets wrapped up in a neat little bow. And it's not even like she says, "Oh, Jean got a pneumonia last week, and they put her on antibiotics, and it was worse than they thought, and she died." Had they just given me one line where they said she's been sick for the past six months, like <laughs> like we've been going through, like uh, I've been going through hell point. with her. Like if they and that's just, why I've been a major cunt. Yeah, and that's why I've been so awful. I would have been really fine with it, and I would have liked the episode. But it's that one little thing that it's it's killing. Like I really I wanted to like the episode because I did really like Jean. I liked her character, and I don't mind having Sue be redeemed. But the fact that this has only been for the last week that it's going on, it it really, it does, really right. It doesn't me. necessarily justify anything else before this right. point. So I don't, you know, I don't think. She deserved for the kids to be as nice as her, nice to her as she was after everything she's done this season. She was truly terrible this season. That's a really interesting point. Um, I I definitely like the episode more than you. I didn't love this episode, but I I liked it. I had problems with it. Um, main problem being it was, you know, I don't like being manipulated, and this episode totally did feel like it was just there to manipulate it you into. You know, just crying at the end for this character that you didn't know that well. Yeah. Uh, it but felt you know, like it, it was there to give Jane Lynch. It, I feel like it was there for two reasons. One, to give Jane Lynch a fantastic hour of television, which she killed. She was yeah, she did. She was wonderful. But the other reason, I think, was to essentially get her out of contention for nationals. So that because how, you know, how do you have Sue fighting yeah. them when they're in New York? Right, right, right. Let, let's, you know, we have to resolve that story one way or another. OK, let's knock her out this episode by having this happened and then she makes peace with the glee club. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the kind of thing uh, where I, I feel like I've said this about other storylines on glee. I, I'm almost want to wait to see how it plays out next season. And then I can come back to it in a way because, you know, like, I mean, I'm not the first to admit that glee has made me angry with choices and then has kind of fixed them eventually. Lauren yeah. Dicey being the prime example. And with, you know, Sue had obviously an arc this episode and it, you know, she ends the episode saying, like, I don't hate you guys. I, I really appreciate what you did for me. Um, I'm not going to torture you. But now, you know next what? season, what's going to happen? She said, because she said the same thing at the end of last season. Of course she did. I know. Like, when she, yes, they tried to save them at, at regionals. Uh, yeah. And it, and that's, again, why I'm so, like, on the fence. Like, eh, maybe, you know, maybe she'll team up with them. And it won't just be a one episode thing like it was this year. And if that happens and they go a different direction, then I'll be all for it. Um, if it, you know, by the second episode of next season, she's back to, you know, I don't know, hacking into email accounts to send the Glee Club into war territory, then I'm just going to roll my eyes. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I I felt like they did that with a lot of um, a lot of plot lines this episode. I feel like we're very much back to the season finale, like you know, season one, season finale. Like, okay. you know, you have the. And obviously we'll talk about these more in depth, but you have the um, Finn, Jesse, Rachel, <laughs> Rachel love triangle. triangle. You have uh, rhombus. Um, yeah, the rhombus. You have um, could be a trap. What's though. their names? Uh, 
Will and uh, Will and, Will and Emma. Face? Will and yeah. Emma are back to exactly where they were, you know. Mm. Kiss in the hallway. Will they? Won't they? I don't know. Like it's. Why are they doing the same things? Like I'm. You're, I'm ab- just, you're absolutely right. You you are completely right. It's frustrating. I, yeah, I mean, I forgive this episode a lot because I think um, for two reasons. One, I think Jane Lynch was so good that I think that. Ow, Jesus, Moki. Um, I think that really did help me look past some of its flaws, which you're pointing out and you're completely right about. Um, I think just Jane Lynch being so good in this episode and making me care about Sue and believe her and understand where she was coming from and understand every, every action, every like choice she made in this episode, I believed and understood. And I think more of that was probably Jane Lynch than the writing or episode itself. Um, And the other thing that maybe we'll kind of get to is I really liked that they use this episode as um, a minor Finn episode because Finn is one of those characters that, you know, was in Glee from the beginning who like Rachel was clearly construct when they were casting Glee, he was probably like, you know, the second role they cast, they needed this particular guy for this particular role. And something that Jesse brought up very well at the beginning of the episode was that, you know what, Quint, Finn, you're not, you're not the best singer. You're not the best dancer. Why are you the leader? And I think this episode made me understand, but no, he still is the leader because he still is. um, It's more about who he is than his talent, which really isn't as good as a lot of the other kids in the play club. And so I liked that this episode, even though Finn didn't have that much screen time in this episode, I really felt like they, took the time to make him into somebody more interesting and somebody I care about, which I haven't in the longest time. So, but he's still so wishy-washy <laughs> can like, I, I was like cheering for him in the scene where he, where he breaks up with Quinn. That's great. You know, he ends the up that scene. And with, then, I love you. And yes. that's what I'm getting to. You cut me off. You cut me off. And then, you know, I was like, yes, he's finally making a decision. We don't have to do this back and forth anymore. And then the second she starts to cry, he's like, no, I love you. Stop. I love you. I'm sorry. Like, he's still so doesn't know what he wants, doesn't know what he wants to do. Just give the character some direction. Like, I I beg you, give him direction. <laughs> give him a new direction, if you will. Yeah. Or a new direction. A new I direction. Fine. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's, again, a very good point. Um, but I I, uh, I guess I just, I liked him as a leader this episode. I liked him blatantly saying, what, you told me to be a leader? I'm going to be a leader. We're planning a funeral. <laughs> what? And everybody was excited to do so. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I'm fine with him being a leader. I just, I want his personal life to, to have a direction and not be all over the place and constantly changing directions. Mm-hmm. But changing directions, it's it's kind of like he's he's in a bumper car. And he's the kid at the bumper cars that gets stuck in the corner. And all he can do is go back or forward. And he doesn't understand how to turn. So back is into Rachel and forward is into Quinn. And both of them aren't working and are not going to get him out of the position he's in now. But he'll keep doing it until the bell rings and it's time to get out of the bumper car. That is yep. that is high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose. Um, um, so should we talk about Quinn? Why? What is her evil plan? Does she what have it? What, what is she doing? What is she doing in New York? I don't I think know. She, here's my theory. Based on the preview for next week, which, um, first of all, remember last week, the preview was her saying, we have to quit the Glee Club. Yeah. And notice the preview for next week, they didn't show that scene. However, you know what her plan is? Her plan is she's getting a haircut. Yeah, that's her big plan. Right? I mean, that was all they showed was like, they kept showing Quinn and she had short hair. Yeah. So I think she gets a haircut and that changes everything. That's her big plan. Or... She gets a haircut and auditions for America's Next Top Model. And that's that's the other backup plan. And then she could leave. Yeah. Yeah, she'll you know. get out of Lima. Out of Lima. She'll hang out with Tyra. Right. She won't make friends. But, you know, she'll get to pose um, on a camel with uh, to advertise shaving cream. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, I mean, Quinn was just bizarre this episode. She's been bizarre this whole season. I know. Again, don't... another character that, like, they... I, the, like, why... I want my characters to grow. If I wanted my characters to stay the same, I would watch a sitcom. Yeah. Oh, that was my other um, theory. I forgot. The other thing she might do in New York, maybe she'll go find her baby. I don't know. I'm just trying to make Quinn more interesting, I guess. I don't think so. Yeah. It's funny because I I feel like I liked this episode a lot more before I started talking to you about it. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. 
And so, uh, so we'll talk about it when we get to the songs. Okay. Oh, I know that's a whole issue. Because um, it, it really, I feel yeah. like so much of it stems from that. Yeah. All right. But, I mean, okay. I wouldn't well, be as nitpicky if it wasn't for that. Because it, it pulled me yeah. out. If and, the episode itself had other things going on. Yeah. I understand that. So, uh, so Terry came back to say she's leaving. Terry came back to say she's leaving. Okay. I feel good about that. Although I feel like they could have done it a lot sooner. I feel like yes. they like kept her around and played with her and and it didn't it didn't really turn into anything. They could have just done this sooner and it would have been better. I definitely agree because now that I think about it, like, I mean, because I mean, I like the actress and we've seen Terry be used well this season, like the, her first scene this season when um she's driving and just starts like screaming at Emma. Like we both were like, yeah, Terry, go kick some ass. Yeah. And the last, like, two weeks she's been on with the Legion of Doom, she hasn't really done anything. No, they haven't given her anything to do, so. They just kind of brought her back so that they could let her go, and yeah. they could have done a lot more with her. I mean, she taught me about honey badgers. If it wasn't she for her, I would not have known that honey badgers are fucking intense. So, I mean, hey, there's that. Uh, I guess Will and Emma and Will's going to Broadway, but he's not telling the kids yet, which makes sense, and I understand. Yeah. But I like clearly, that he hasn't had to choose, which is what the episodes before it were making us think he'd have to do. Well, he still might, you know. Mm-hmm. As but well, not about nationals. Like, he'll have, to, right. he'll have to make a choice in fall if, you know, um, April show gets a fall slot on Broadway. But he doesn't have to, uh, you know, do anything about nationals. And I feel like that could be an interest. Like, you know, in the end, he's clearly going to come back, like. But I feel like that could at least be an interesting story arc for the first couple of episodes next season. You know, have, showing him in New York and the kids having a substitute Glee club right, right. teacher and, and him, you know, coming to the realization that this isn't his dream. That's his dream. And Right, right. And kind of realizing it. And you, you have Gwyneth Paltrow right now, as you said, that is now like sitting by her phone, like twiddling her thumbs. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Call me. Call me. When are they going to call? When are they going to call? Oh country, oh country, country Strong didn't do that well. Come over and I'll serve you goop. It'll be delicious. If you put me in show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think the sub could be Holly though because they they would like her. It has to be someone, oh, right. it has to be someone they're unhappy with. Where is they could do you like an office finish? thing where they're just like have different people auditioning for it. <laughs> no. Have Jim Carrey come in. Could work. Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. <laughs> I like this week at the episode. People were angry about The Office, but it was I liked this episode. I wasn't angry about it. It was fine. Um, oh, so Emma's kind of encouraging him to go do his dream because that's what she does. She's still holding on to him because she's still wearing his sweater vest. Yeah, but she seems to be very, like, pushing him forward. I don't know. I read, like, Entertainment Weekly had a little briefing about, like, their time in New York. And, and this isn't a spoiler, but one of the things they said was that, like, you know, Will will have to make a lot of decisions this ep- in the final episode, including one about his relationship with Emma. So, but I mean, he's had to do that before, and we're yeah. in the exact same place. Exactly. Oh my god! But oh my god! Oh my god! I I, I interrupted this episode of Gleecast to do, as I so often do, bring you an update about a Gleecast member on Law and Order SVU. Oh. Uh, okay, so a couple weeks ago, I'm watching SVU, uh, not thinking much about it. When who should um, show up? Stamos. Oh. Not Stamos. Uh, and Laurie Singer from Fame. Enough uh, from. Oh yeah, from Fame, the TV show, and from Footloose was in it. But um, it was the best twist ever. So spoiler alert: Law and Order SVU one episode this season. John Stamos turns out to be a reproductive rapist. Oh. Because what does that mean? That, what it means is that he. I mean, he's he's John Stamos, so it's very easy for him to have sex with women because. Yeah. John Stamos. And he's also very, like, wealthy and um, successful. So it's even easier. And his thing is that, like, he has sex with women and pokes holes in his condoms so that they always get pregnant. Because he wants to, like, reproduce a lot and spread his seed. Because it's the Stamos seed. Admittedly, if you're going to have a son, have John Stamos' son. Uh, But then he doesn't do, like, he just, you know, essentially gets women pregnant, but tells them he didn't mean to and doesn't really, like... He might send checks, but he doesn't take care of the kids. And the last scene is like they call all the women who he has impregnated, which is like 50 women into the New York um, law offices. And they're all standing there with their kids. And he's just like, look at my beautiful family. And then. And that, ladies, is why you always bring the condom to the sex. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes, indeed. Have the guy give you money for it if, you know, you feel like you're still getting dipped out of it. But, yeah, because you never know who might be a reproductive rapist. They may not be as hot as John Stamos. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. D- is there anything else you want to talk about plot-wise? Uh, I guess Jesse. Well, first of all, I mean, this was my biggest low point of the episode, and I guess we'll get to it as we talk about songs. Sorry, I'm airlifting Joplin off the table, as Erica could see. Um was Jesse St. James as show choir consultant. Yes. Now, we heard him talk about it last week, and it was kind of a joke, but then what do you know? Will hired him. Where Will got the money? Did he, is Will now, like, maybe selling taffy at nighttime? Maybe or, it's the $400 for air supply. Yeah, that that's going to Jesse St. James to essentially um, come into New Directions and change their entire way of doing things and be a real asshole about it. Um but now this, I don't know, what what did you... I don't know, I still want to defend him. <laughs> it was funny. No, 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 I really liked um, him as the reality show judge. Yeah. I thought that was actually very funny and played off very well. My problem was I hated that Will would go along with it for so long, because I didn't believe he would. Um, I don't know, I think you're downplaying Will's desire to have his kids win a little bit. Maybe. Because he ha- he's seen Vocal Adrenaline perform so many times now and, and knows how good they are and knows Jesse was there for four years of them winning. Right. And but if anybody can win. Yeah, I think he... I, I think he... You know, it wasn't, it wasn't in the episode that much, but I think he has enough want for the kids to win to go along with it for a little longer than he probably should have. Okay, all right. I'll accept that. Um, I guess plot-wise, that's everything. Yeah, it wasn't... But... Not my favorite episode of the season. I know. And now we're going to get to that. You know, it, okay, I, I agree with you, but I think it was better than some of the episodes earlier in the season that we were, everybody was really disappointed in. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, and not, I'm not just talking about the Britney episode, which was awful. No, I know. Outs. It was fine, but on, to, on top of, on top of my issue with Sue and it, one word, if they changed one word, like I would have been fine with it. Um, the songs were just shoehorned in. There was yeah. nothing interesting about the performances. Zero. I mean, I just watched it a second time and I fast forwarded through all the songs. I didn't want to hear any one of them again. I haven't downloaded any of the music from this week. Like, it was just them standing on stage performing. And not only that, but every song they did, everyone who sang every song with the exception of the Willy Wonka song, it was all by an artist they'd already done. They'd already done, exactly. Which so. I wonder if that was part of the point. Because that's something that... um. I think, like, especially in Kurt's song in particular, all of these songs, I thought to myself, like, yeah, they're kind of signature songs for each character. Yeah. Or signature artists for each character. And it makes perfect sense that this is these are the songs they would sing if they were auditioning for something. I almost wonder if the first three were lower energy for the reason of making Rachel's look better. I don't know. I wonder if they all had flaws so that we would see Jesse's point in saying they were all flawed. Maybe, maybe I'm giving Glee too much credit. I yeah, don't know. I think you're um, giving it too much credit. I think they just let the characters fall back on what's easy for them, but it mm-hmm. made it very boring for us. Right. Like, okay. cause I do, I do believe that those are songs they would pick if they were performing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it just made it very, very boring to watch. All right, so let's start with the first one, which was Santana doing Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. Yes. Um, first of all, yeah, where is Amy Winehouse now? Is she alive still? Is she still singing? Is she still, like, beating up people and shooting them with heroin? I'm not sure. I don't know what she's doing. Okay, just curious. I feel like I haven't heard anything from her in a while. That scares me. Um, but, yeah, it. I mean, it was cute. It was fine. I, like I said, I was just bored by it. Mm-hmm. I mean... Things that I, what I liked about it more, not necessarily the song itself, but I liked that Santana is now like really confident about a, being about performing. Mm-hmm. I just, I liked how confident she was and how she walked in saying like, yeah, I'm gonna, I am the best performer here. Um, I, I liked her performance of it. Um, I, you know, it's nothing that interesting compared to the original version, but I thought Naya Rivera did a good job of it. Yeah. It was very sexy. It was very overly sexy. Um, problem, I mean, it felt, and all of these really do, felt very American Idolish. Even, like, when she's kind of walking around interacting with Brad and with, like, the band, it just felt like an American Idol when they have, like, such a s- short song, and then you, they, you can tell they're like, I gotta do something to stand out, so they just, like, walk around and, like, 
tap the guitar player on the shoulder and like smile and then they have to come back to center stage for the big like belt at the end that's kind of what it felt like yeah so yeah i mean kind of blah but i don't know yeah okay that was uh, my thought yep and then kurt sings some people from gypsy which he's saying everything's coming up roses from gypsy i mean i love gypsy i love kurt i love when kurt sings gypsy uh, this was where was an odd one for me because the first time I watched it, I was like, um, what, what's going on? Like, I don't get it. Like something's off and I don't know what it was. Like there was something really low energy about it. And I don't know if it was in the vocals or their performance, but it felt really, and I wondered if it was purposely so, cause it felt so much lower energy compared to the last time he did gypsy. Um, I well, liked it more the second time watching it. The last why. time he did Gypsy, he was also, you know, it's pissed a off. Very and, intense scene. Yeah, very yeah. true. Yeah. Um, his pants were great. Yeah, his outfit was beautiful. And that vest was like, I mean, Will ties in the back. He knows vest. He don't know vests. Nope. It's more like a backwards vest. How can you even do that? I don't know. Do you tie it and then put it on and wiggle it around? Do you have somebody tie you in? Like, it's fan in the morning, like. Like, oh, come on, Kurt, I'll dress you. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't know how that works. Anybody ever wore a backwards vest? Let us know. Please text at gmail.com. Well, it still had the zip up the front. Like, it was still closable in the front. Oh, okay, so we could have tied it and then zipped up. Yeah. Front. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. That makes more sense now. Um, yeah, so kind of blah. And then Mercedes did try a little tenderness. Which I did think was one of her better performances. Yeah. Like, it was, I, you know... Her being soulful, her belting yeah, out. Yeah, I know. So, like, it's, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I feel like a broken record. It, but it's, I know, no, but you are right. Like, they were all what you'd expect. I thought this was probably, the, I mean, I will get to um, uh, Rachel's. I did really like this one, and I like that they kind of, I won't say they got from, like, good to, like, they kept going up, but I did feel like this blew the other two away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but at the same time, I also agreed when Jesse's like, um, what about the choreography? Because I've said this before about Mercedes. I don't think she knows what yeah. to do with herself when she performs. And I think he made a great point, which was like, you can't just sing. you got to work at it. Like, you have to practice. And he had a total Tyra Banks, America's Next Top <laughs> comment, which was, Mercedes, I just don't think you want this enough. Which is what she says to all the girls that are, like, not pushing through. Yeah. So it was very, it was, like, good on Jesse to have studied. Apparently that was the one class he attended. Yeah, reality, show, reality show judging. Which is amazing. Yeah, so... Uh, then okay. Rachel sings My Man from Funny Girl, which we heard her do Funny Girl before. Yeah, but I liked it. I liked this one a lot. I did, like... This one got me. I did just watch it. I'm like, yeah. Like, I was with Kurt. I'm like, yep, she can sing. She can do it. No, she can sing, but we know she can sing. Like, like we know she can sing. We know she can sing Barbara. We know she does it well. Well, I mean, I this know. one, they did that nice, like, little, like, flat. Because <laughs> it was when Jesse's like, Rachel, are you singing this? Are you thinking about anybody in particular when you sing this song? She's like, no. And then she starts singing. And it's this kind of very odd um, shot of Finn looking very dreamy. But not that <laughs> because he's Finn, but I guess dreamy to Rachel. Um so there was that. So we know Rachel obviously is still totally, which I mean, we kind of knew anyway, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that happened. And then I, we go to Jean's funeral. Okay. Erica, I think you need to tell the Glee cast listeners a little bit of a story. Um, when I was younger, I was a chubby child. I got teased a little bit for it. I mean, it, mostly it was, it, it was my parents that would tease me a little bit. Oh my gosh. I don't think um, I knew that. Just like, Lovely, love, love full of jibbing. Just like, oh, you sure you want a snack tonight? Like, no, like, that's the kind of stuff that starts eating disorders, Eric. No, it really wasn't. It wasn't as bad as it sounds. But I knew I was a chubby kid, mm. and I was afraid of being like a fat kid. I mean, I had to be like six or seven, five or six, because we were still in Queens when I watched the movie. Um, so one day, my parents decided to have me watch Willy Wonka. Which is a PG, a G-rated yeah. movie, I believe, and is considered one of the greatest family films of all time. I don't, I'll tell. I don't remember actually watching it. I just know what point I got up to, and I still don't think I've really ever watched the entire film because it still scares the shit out of me. But I got up to the point where I, I don't remember their character names. Which one is the one that blows up? Loop. 
No, the one that blows up Violet with the blueberry. Violet, right, because she's, you're turning Violet, Violet. Um, I got up to that point, and she blew up and got fat, and I got really scared, and I ran out of the room <laughs> because I was afraid I was going to blow up like a blueberry. <laughs> well, she didn't pop. Like, they squeezed she didn't, her. But, like, no one, I, I know Chris gets it, and I don't know if he listens to us anymore because he <laughs> doesn't like Glee anymore very much, but I know Chris understands. It's I think a scary movie. that um... Joplin drinks the water, and I drink the water after Joplin drinks it. Oh, well then, hi Chris, how are you? Um, I know you understand, because I've called into Outside the Cinema with it many times, that is a frightening movie. Besides that nut, like, all the kids die, they all disappear. I've read the book, at least in the book, they walk out at the end, and they're deformed and disfigured, but they walk out of that factory. And in that movie, they don't leave that factory, they all die there. Miserable, horrible, Well, no, I mean, Gene Wilder has the line at the end, when when, um, um, Charlie asks, what about the other kids and he says oh don't worry they'll all be restored to their normal their, their regular nasty little selves well you and know what i didn't make it to the end because it was scary <laughs> and there were little orange people and i don't like to say their names and please don't say their names and if that song comes i mean i i really am truly frightened of the movie one time i went into um a video store with my friends and i happened to look up at the tv and that was on and i ran out of the store and to get me back in they literally had to have the video clerk turn off the film for me <laughs> like it really if i see like a commercial because abc family plays it like all the freaking time yeah. if i see a commercial if i pass by it i have to change it I had to work a bat mitzvah that that was the theme once, and they kept playing the song. It was a nightmare, and it was – I'm – it's just something I will never get over. I will never like that film. I will never watch it in its entirety because it just frightens me. I just don't – Did you see it. the remake? Yeah, the, I have no problem with the remake. Even, like, to me at the end when they all come out and, like, Violet Bogart's like a, a, a flat person, and I was more freaked out by that. No, I was, I was fine with the remake. I think right. at that point I had read the book, too. Okay. And I think I don't think the music in the remake is as haunting as it is in the original. Okay. I just, Fair. Yeah, okay. The, the music's spooky. Even as soon as well, I remember walk- the first time I found out that you were about this. Yeah. Um, and I assumed, which a lot of other people, when they talk about how they were scared of Willy Wonka... It's always the boat scene. Yeah, I know. Like, I made oh, and it's scene. dark, and all of a sudden, there's no earthly way of knowing, like, all of that stuff. But, um, so, I, I mean, I was always surprised. That I scene. somehow made it through that. It was the fat girl that scared me. And then there was an episode of Garfield where that happened to him, and I just came running out of my bedroom, and my parents were like, what's wrong? And I was like, I, I can't go Garfield's burning violet. I can't, I can't go back in. And I never told them what was wrong, but I had a very – I wouldn't even sleep in my room that night. I slept out on the couch. Um. Yeah, I have a very deep-seated fear of it, and I will, I, I will never watch it. I will. Um, but they walked into the into the funeral, and <laughs> like Mike, I watched it with my boyfriend. I was so concerned for you during this episode, by the way. <laughs> like when they they took out the videotape, and she was like, "Oh, she watched it three times a week." He was already giving me looks, and I was like, "No," I was like, "No, please don't." And then they walked into the funeral, and those few notes were playing, and I was I started yelling at him. I'm like, "They're gonna sing the song." Why are they gonna say the song? Why are they gonna do this to me? Why is Lee doing about, this to me? about imagination? Uh, I made it through the song. By that point, I like usually, no matter what I'm like, usually when I'm watching TV, I'm knitting or cross stitching or doing something else just because <laughs> you were knitting very fervently during. The <laughs> well, what I'm saying is you knit blindfold. During Glee, I always put down whatever I'm doing and I give it my full attention and I actually watch it. And then, you know, when we decide to watch The Biggest Loser or something, I'll pick my knitting back up. But um, during this episode, during the, the other four songs, during during the auditions, I had already picked my knitting back up. So during Pure Imagination, I was knitting very fiercely and I did listen to the song and kind of watched it. But yeah, it was it was upsetting. Are you okay? Like, did talking about it make it any easier? Make it <laughs> Are you going to have nightmares tonight? Am I going to feel guilty about this? No, I'll be fine. I don't really have nightmares about it. I just don't like it. Like, I, I mean, don't... I still have nightmares about caterpillars and, you know. I just don't want anything to do with it. Okay. I don't want to um, know about it. I don't want to see it. So we will not talk about pure imagination. <laughs> the kids sang it. They sang Tina it. Wore it was a really fun. ugly dress, I thought. Tina's dress was not flattering at all. I don't remember what she was wearing. All I know is that Quinn was wearing red and white at a funeral. Well, none of them, I think Rachel wore black, but like none of them really wore black. And I wonder if that was a choice. 
Well, I think they always dress the kids in bright colors so you could pick them out of the crowd. Like if you mm. watch Safety Dance or something like that, they're okay. always in very bright, bright. Again, going back to my obsession with their wardrobe, which I apparently have. Um, they're always dressed very drastically different from everyone else in the crowd. Else. That makes sense. Um, so I think so it's that. So funeral, but everybody else is going to be in, uh... in black, so they dress them not in black, but mm-hmm. put them in, like, red. She could have at least worn a black shrug. Like, why is she wearing a white shrug? I don't know. It seemed very odd. Hmm. Yeah, it didn't bother me, but I can understand that. It didn't bother me because then I was like, well, they're trying to make them stand out from the crowd so that the viewers mm-hmm. can pick them out, blah, blah, But And, like, well, and the Mercedes other thing too, was I in think. a print dress. Is um, something that Kurt said, which is like that they wanted to celebrate, celebrate her as opposed to mourn her, which, you know, I like the idea of that as a funeral. If, you know, if anybody gives you a funeral, I don't want Tia's. I just want everybody to be drinking and karaoke <laughs> and all that stuff. Like, and so that seemed like what they were going for. It was yeah. like they were, you know, actively trying to celebrate this woman's gleeful life, if you will. All right. You want to talk? I know it's in low notes. Yeah, I have apparently a surprising amount of high notes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Odd, odd. Okay. I mean, some of them we were talked about. Like like I said, I really liked Finn's, Finn's kind of place in this episode where he acknowledged that, you know what, I'm not the best and I'm not, re- I'm not Nationals best, like, but I am the leader of this group and mm-hmm. I'm going to do something. I'm going to be responsible for that. And I think the right thing is for us to plan a funeral and we're going to do it, damn it. Um, and even I like that Will, like, when he said that, um, Will had this, like, very proud smile, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, I'll take your next one, because it's one of mine, too. Is that, <laughs> is that Jesse tells him, you kind of sing and dance like a zombie who has to poop. Which is kind of true. Yeah. I and now I will never be able to look at him doing anything without thinking that. But, yeah. Except for Thriller or um, the other right. song they did in yeah. Zombie Makeup, which I can't yeah. remember the name of. Uh, it was a mashup. No, it wasn't. Thriller was the mashup. The other one was by the zombies. It was. You're right about the that. She, the way she moved. The, the way she knows about her. The way she moves. Yeah. Yeah. That sure. one. Yeah, that was it. Um, and I like the acknowledgement of, you know, Mike Chang can't even sing, but he can yeah. dance. <laughs> um, I liked Rachel's little bit of narration, which again, I thought was a very winking note to fans, which was when she talks about how so much has changed in a year. I now, you know, I think of myself last year, I didn't have my bangs. I never had a boyfriend and I still had one layer of baby fat. <laughs> because Which everybody's I'm, scared. I lost too much weight. Everybody's terrified. And they have Michelle's anorexic. But according to her, it was just her baby fat. Yes. So I, I liked that joke. I thought it was clever. Um, I forget his name now, but I love the return of what's his face that hacked the Panda. Computer. Yeah. And, well, you Panda keep hurting my like, you keep cutting me to the punchlines. <laughs> Like, Christ, I can't say anything. Christ on a cracker. Um, I'll admit another embarrassing thing. My boyfriend and I refer to each other as Pan or Panda. <laughs> That's right. So it was really amusing when they called him Panda Express. <laughs> um, yeah, because he kind of reminds me of Jack Black in Kung Fu Panda. So I started calling him Panda. And then he hated that I was calling him Panda and started calling me Panda to get back at me, but then we just embrace it, and now we refer to each other as Pan or Panda. Can I call Mike Panda Express from now on? <laughs> you could try. I don't know how well. And that then, oh, how about from now on? I'm just gonna make nicknames for people based on food, uh, food court eateries at the mall. How's that? <laughs> so, are you, you Sabaro? Uh, I want to be Sabaro because the Italian thing. Um, you could be Cinnabon. Ooh, I'll take that. Right, that's a little nickname. You could call me Cinnabon. All right, Cinnabon Panda Express. <laughs> All right. I like this. Uh, I like Susan. She had a little megaphone necklace that I thought was kind of adorable. I feel like she's worn it before. I she have might have. I just noticed it before. Yeah, it's cute. Uh, um, of course, Figgins' email address. <laughs> Get figgy with it at AOL.com. Hell yeah. At AOL. I love that. At AOL. I love that it's an AOL address. Um, no, no offense to anybody who uses AOL, but I always kind of do a, like, double take when I see people still use AOL. Yeah, a lot um, of people still do. And a lot of people still do, yeah. Even at work, I see a lot of people I deal with use AOL. And it, I mean, just because my experience with AOL is so, I associate it with being 13 and being online. Yeah. Um, and even, like, all the junk. I don't have an AOL account anymore because I was just getting so much junk mail in there. But, hey, if you're using it, if it's working for you, sing out, brother. AOL. <laughs> figgy. Get Figgy with AOL. All right. Um... Sue's line, which was delivered perfectly and was a funny line. 
which was, I'm allergic to pansies. And I don't mean that as a swipe at either of you. Because <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Jane Lynch was amazing this episode from she beginning to great. end. Yeah. And that she could still be funny, but without going for the laugh, which is what this line felt like. Like this line was Sue being insulting, but trying not to be, but, but being insulting by trying not to be. But I just thought she delivered it perfectly and perfect. Um, I, I think I have one more, which was, oh, I love, I love, I don't know why, but I think it's kind of great whenever anyone can make a Weekend at Bernie's reference. Oh, hell yes. Look at my number six, bitch. Oh, I didn't even see it. Yeah. Um, Weekend at Bernie's reference, exclamation points. <laughs> so yeah, I love that Jesse's like, you know what happens when someone dies on stage at a vocal adrenaline performance? They prop them up like Weekend at Bernie's. It's great. Use them as a prop. Yeah, no, amazing. Yes, that was one that like I mean I think I was eating when I was watching, and I had to get very like like threw up whenever I was eating. I didn't like actually vomit it, but I like had to drop it quickly, wipe the hand quickly, jump to the computer and type down. We could have Bernie's reference. Oh, <laughs> I didn't want to forget it. It was amazing. Um, yeah, no, I liked uh, Jesse's college course on reality show judging, which I think did go a long way with the laughter. And the I think I want to say Wayne might have brought this up in his feedback, but um. The kind of parallel structure of packing boxes I thought was done well. It was a nice little, like, thread to make the episode a little tight when Will's packing to leave and Sue's packing up her sister's stuff. Oh, um, yeah. It was just a subtle little thing, and I thought it was a nice little tie around the episode. Lovely. Um, mm-hmm. I already I already went into both of my low notes. It was, you know, changing that one line for Sue would have would have made everything okay in my eyes. and um, And just Finn, you know, changing his mind again when Quinn gets out of the car. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess my low notes were, um, I mean, I still didn't like Will's attitude regarding Jesse taking over Glee Club. Uh, I didn't like, I just, cause I just don't know what's going on with Quinn and I don't get what they're doing there. And I mean, I think some of the things we talked about that the performances were lackluster and the episode was very manipulative. Did you cry? No, I, oh, but that's what the other thing I didn't go into is had I not been so distracted by the whole Willy Wonka thing, I think I would have felt a little more for the episode, but I was, I was just pulled out of it because I was like, I hate the song. I hate this movie. Like, why is there a chocolate fountain at a funeral? Like it, it, Mm -hmm. do you think they ate the chocolate after? That's what I was wondering. Like, do you walk up next to the dead body and start dipping strawberries in the chocolate? Like (laughs) next, it was next to the coffin. Like it was a close, it was a close. It was. Yeah. yeah, It was close. It's not like you have to worry about like dripping anything on her. Yeah, but I don't know. It was bizarre. I don't want to eat my chocolate next to a dead body. But yeah, um, that's that was the second half of what I kind of didn't say was that um, I didn't cry and I did really like Jean as a character and like I did, I did feel bad that she was gone. But I was so just pulled out of the episode because I was dealing with other things that right. <laughs> it didn't it didn't affect me at all. Like, um, it's I didn't cry the first time. I I welled the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't cry, cry. I just welled a little bit. Uh, I mean, Sue's Sue's speech that Will had to come up and finish was was rough. Well, like, that, yeah, it was done very well. Yeah, like I could, like I felt for her, but then mm-hmm. they started saying, and I got angry. And um, I was talking to Jason Posy Bear of the podcast podcast about this episode, and he asked me, and I was like, Oh God, I don't know. I should look this up. He's like, Do you think it kind of seemed like the actress who played Jean did she die? Oh. Because it kind of like felt like that kind of episode, but I'm almost 90% sure that she did not because A, as we both figured out, well, gee, it was really convenient that they shot all that archive. Yeah, <laughs> beforehand. Yeah, and there was like no dedicated to or anything. So I think it was just using it as a, as a plot point type thing. Yeah. Um, one thing, you know, what we didn't talk about was Becky in this episode. Oh, she was so sweet this episode. Yeah, I, I liked how they used that character. As and that a jumping off point. Yeah, I actually thought that worked pretty well. Yeah, it I... I feel like Will could have been like, all right, well, come to rehearsals, but, you know, we don't have a ticket for you for New York. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you'll join full, you'll join full roster next season, I was going to say season, yeah. next year, ah, next season, yeah. but you could at least sit in on rehearsals right now. Like, I feel like that would have been a better answer than to That's be true. like. That's true. We could have done that. What an insensitive prick. Yep. <sighs> Butchins. <laughs> all right. Should we uh, take a break and come back with feedback? Yeah, we'll be right back. Thousands of 
movies every year. Many are terrible. For the movie viewer, these are dark times. From the internet comes a mystical and powerful force. It is called Movie Meltdown. Armed with the power of smart-ass comments and reckless abandon, a young group of rebels is the only hope to conquer the forces of evil that would destroy the planet Earth. This summer, experience the magic, the mystery, the adventure of Movie Meltdown. If you dare, look for it at MovieMeltdown.com or come search for it in the iTunes store. Movie Meltdown. Coming soon to a listening device near you. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and hard cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just, just getting confirmation. It's just in, that's the third time though. I mean, I must, this is on. You can find us at chinstrokerversuspunter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. We are back. We are. I love the little song that Skype makes when you're calling. It's like do 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 do, and then it starts ringing. Do 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 do. We know. Do 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 do. Oh, no, I just suddenly got the Killer Clowns from Outer Space theme. Yeah, I'm like, that's not the Skype song. Before I am, for this episode, you know, last episode of the season that we're going to record via Skype, I finally picked up a headset so my end doesn't sound so echoey and roomy. And I was testing it before, and I had this urge to start singing our mic check song. I have Checking to say, the microphone. <laughs> no one had any feedback on our mic I check know. song. I thought it was amazing. I thought like that could have been a, um, we could have been a new duetting force, but yeah. whatever listeners, uh, to the listeners, let me say, cause I'm, we, Eric and I do the video thing when, you know, our sound quality is working and it helps that we don't interrupt each other too much. Although clearly I've interrupted Erica a lot of times this week. Yep. Sorry. Um, uh, she's got like the headset with the little microphone, like the Madonna microphone that comes over the mouth. So like she's hands-free right now. <laughs> she's doing like the RD Friday dance for one thing. Um, and it looks, makes it look, her look very official. It might, in my pajama pants, my fleece. Well, I can't see those. Pajama Erica. pants. You didn't have to tell me that. Well, I have my knee Illusion up. has been ruined. Oh, now here. I have my knee. I'm sitting with my knee up. So now Oh, I say, do you see those? Um, I mean, it have to be cotton. Those could have been corduroy. They're fleece. Uh, it was funny because today Lady Gaga's new CD com- came out. It's Monday the 23rd. And so on Fuse, they had um, – it was a Lady Gaga-thon. So I was watching it all day. So I was, like, testing the microphone, and I was, like, ready to put on the HBO concert and start putting my paws up and dancing around the room with the mic with the headset on. You totally could have done. <laughs> I told Mike that's what I was going to do when he left. but I, I mean, the problem is that it doesn't let you bedazzle. Well, I guess he's still good bedazzle. bedazzle it. Bedazzled. <gasps> then it's like a bedazzled headband. Yeah. Uh, and I'll attach the Gaga bow that I made to it. Yeah, and that is a headband worth writing a song about. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, I'll see you in all time. <laughs> all right. Uh, we have two pieces of feedback today. The first one is from the one and only Wayne Kotke, whose subject heading is maybe during said episode, Glee should be called Glum. <laughs> he writes, Wednesday, a Morticia. I guess I'm Morticia because I'm older. Okay. Uh, by this point in the podcast, you have already stated your opinions on the episode. I'm at somewhat of a disadvantage, not knowing what you've just said. But what the hell? Life is short, as we've seen. So I'm just going to go and say it. Funeral was probably my favorite episode of the season. Definitely top three. I tend to like the heavier, more downbeat episodes, and they don't come much more heavier downbeat than this one. It was not all despair, though. There were some good comic relief, thanks mostly to Justice St. James, very fine musical performances, and even some hope of a new beginning for several characters. I love that that's the 
opposite of everything I just said. Everything is opposite. I mean, I'm not quite to the You're same line as Erica, but I feel yeah. like Wayne and I always have opposite opinions on the episodes. Yeah, I feel like fun. it happens a lot. I'm sorry, Wayne. I'm sorry. A lot of times it's the reverse where like, I feel like I will often like the episodes Wayne likes that other people don't. But in this case, I'm more on the fence and he loved this episode. So let's keep going and see why. Uh, I'm going to level with you, Gleecasters. I can't be as glib and quippy about this episode as I normally am when I send in feedback to a show. Sue's story evoked lots of memories of grieving and funerals and specifically not being at the hospital when an immediate family member passed away. I can't really joke about this episode as much as I'd like. It really just hit me square in the chest. The fact that Sue was so hurt and so wounded and she would initially lash out at Becky and then have to make amends to Becky later was something I found very affecting. It just made Sue's pain seem very real and palpable. The episode brought out how Sue would have more trouble dealing with grief and how she would fall back on her old defenses, i.e. sarcasm, insults, and meanness. I can really, really identify with that. Sorry, I can't be jokey this time. It's okay, Wayne. No worries. Yeah, and I do, I mean, I think, you know, we both agreed that Sue, as much as the episode was kind of contrived, we I think we both kind of think um, Sue was not. And the way they no, played it off was, was very well. a phenomenal job. Yeah, yeah. A few observations. The musical performances were pretty much all in the auditorium, but that worked because it made sense for the storyline. And I love to see the kids knocking themselves out for Jesse and Will's attention. To me, it led to a series of very strong performances. Four in all, Right. Right. Four plus um, the plus one that's your imagination. Yes. Yep. Uh, I finally forgive Wishy Washy Finn. First off, this episode was pretty much his finest hour as a human being. Agreed. And then his very muddled breakup with Quinn felt real to me too. I realized at that moment that Finn's brain is kind of in a fog. He acts confused because he really is confused. I'll fall back on my old cliche of saying all the Glee actors are better when they're doing scenes with Diana of Aragon. Finn said a lot of wrong things at the wrong time, but it's because he's a human and human beings screw up occasionally. This is one of the rare times when I wish the next episode immediately followed this one. Next Tuesday's long way off. On to New York. Uh, It's not a long way off for us because it's tomorrow night. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, and that's... uh, Corey Monheath, I thought this was one of his better episodes. Yeah, he did a fine job. I don't have issue with him. I just have issue with the character and the way he's written. Okay. I just, I'm... I understand that he's a confused teenager. I'm just, I'm tired of it. Like at some point you have to realize that you can't, you can't keep doing this. Like you have to not be confused mm-hmm. anymore. And he hasn't come to that realization yet. So. Okay. All right. Uh, he has a PS for a few more points. I don't know if it'll come up in the Glee cap, but one scene that really killed me, was Will having to say to Becky and Becky's very nice, having to say no to Becky and Becky's very nice and understanding mom. It's the kind of conversation where everyone's being nice and everyone still walks away feeling awful. Those are just the worst. Matthew Morrison played it perfectly. This was really a strong episode for Will overall. And shame, shame for even suggesting they might take my beloved Figgins away. Perish the thought. When Katki, who you can find at d2writes.blogspot.com. Thanks, Wayne. Even though and I, yeah. you and I disagree. <laughs> I do agree about the scene, though, with Becky and her mom. No, yeah, that was a great scene. But again, I, I, he could have accommodated her. I mean, I guess then it wouldn't have had the same point as, you know, her being captain of the Cheerios next season. But right. I don't know. I don't know why. I, okay. I do know why I had such issues with this episode. I can't help it. I'm sorry, guys. I can't help it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a childhood thing. I can't, I can't get past it. I can't move on. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll just read Nigel's email. Which the subject is a bit of a rant. Which terrified me, by the way. When I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, Nigel's going to kill it He hates us. Nigel, what did we do this time? He says, hello there, young women of Gleecastum. You may or may not have noticed that I haven't sent you any emails recently since the brief hiatus the show took last month or the month before, in fact. Please accept my heartfelt apologies. Thankfully, it doesn't appear that my absence has impacted on the podcast too much. We always miss your belated feedback we do Nigel I'm not gonna lie because I enjoy knowing that we're gonna address what you say when you finally get to that episode yes finally listen to us it makes us feel a little bit like we're oracles yeah we're kind of like psychics Mm -hmm. um I just watched rumors on the weekend yes we are two episodes behind and with Glee taking a week off here in Australia it's possible that we might not be finished with season two until the end of June and while I enjoyed it as much as I do most episodes of the show I had one issue I which I feel I need to address 
I've mentioned this to a couple of my coworkers, and they think I'm overanalyzing it, but I don't agree. Okay, here goes. Young Will Schuster is running the Glee Club, and nationals are in a few weeks. April wants him to go to Broadway to help work on her show, but Will is reluctant because he doesn't want to let the kids down. Now, I'll admit that my experience on Broadway is non-existent, but something tells me that it takes more than just a few weeks to write a musical, cast it, rehearse it, and whatever else they do with stage musicals. Couldn't Will have said, I'll do it, just give me a month, take the kids to nationals, and then hop on the first plane to Broadway International Airport? Methinks Will needs to look at the bigger picture here. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I just need to take a deep breath and calm down like people tell me to do when I see spelling or grammatical errors. <laughs> then again, if people weren't wrong all the time, then it then there wouldn't be a problem. Give up the lovely work, ladies. Regards, Nigel. And if you've okay. listened to this episode, then you already know the answer. Indeed. Yes. Um, we never figured out where is, like, who's producing this musical of April's? I mean, I know she was married well, she, to a rich yeah, guy who she, bought her the roller disco. Is he just putting up money constantly for everything or, she does? Didn't he die? And then did he leave her all his money? Maybe. I, I, think, I think you're I right. Like I think he happened. I think it's she, funny how, like, there are some major plot points that we just forget. And here's one that I like hit me at work the other day for no reason at all. Like I was doing something. Maybe I was listening to an episode. I don't know what I was doing out of nowhere. It dawned on me that we keep talking about Mercedes and how they never like give her a boyfriend. And then I'm like, wait a minute. She dated Puck. Yeah. And I completely forgot that that ever happened. I don't know. That wasn't really a real relationship though. Yeah, I suppose. But still, um, yeah, I don't know who's producing it, but I feel like I feel like April has money at this point. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that her rich husband died, and I think she has money because she, yeah, she does, she does because she bought them the auditorium. You're right. Yes, and then had to borrow it. Right. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, April's probably rushing into it. I don't know that the oh, yeah. book and score are where they should be for mm-hmm. Broadway, but you know, um, it's Glee where anything can kind of happen. Yep. Absolutely um, anything. Yeah. I like that he called it Broadway International Airport. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah, it's the same place where the Muppets landed when they. Flew I bet in. the kids are flying into Laguardia. No, JFK. I think he even said no. Will even said it. Did he? Will said, I mean, they should fly to Laguardia. They'll, you know, it's it's a little less chaotic. But no, because Will said, I remember when he gave them the rhyming dictionaries again, and he said, I want a classic song oh. before the wheels hit JFK. JFK. Yep. Um, I hope they have a whole Brady Bunch moment on the airplane next week where they have a sing a song on the airplane. That would be great. And they do the hands. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you? I, I'm sorry. This is completely off topic, but I know that you probably loved it. I was the only person in the movie theater when I went to go see Bridesmaids who laughed when she called her boyfriend George Glass. Oh, my God. No, me. I went to see it with, with Jason. Tommy, yeah. And both of us laughed at that. Yes. I was the only person. And I'm like, I'm like smacking. Did you know the Brady? There's a third Brady Bunch movie. We we talked about this. Yeah. We did talk about this. Okay, I'm sorry. I was That's so okay. shocked by it. I know you're shocked by it. We talked about it though. I don't remember okay. when or where. It might have been at Jason's. But okay. Um, but to the world, it's Netflix instant. People, the Brady Bunch go to the White House where Mike Brady becomes president of the United States. That sounds beautiful. Uh, yeah, it was okay. Um, okay, so tomorrow night, Tuesday, May 24th, is the season finale of Glee. Indeed. However, the weekend following that is Memorial Day weekend, and I have, like, four weddings. Not really. I have three. And a funeral. Yes, four weddings and a funeral, which I only I just watched not. for the first time. Oh, God. Time, did so I just like... knock on a wood? That sounded bad. Um, no, but at work, we have, we have like, three weddings in one day, and then there's a birthday party I have to go to. So, unfortunately, we're really busy, and there's not a lot of time. Well, I'm really busy. I don't know if you're really busy. <laughs> I got no life. What are you talking about? I had the most single woman day today where, like, after work, I realized I had to go to the store. And I had to run out shopping. You know what I bought? There were two things I needed to get. I had to buy coffee. No, no, that would have been better or cat food would have been better. But no, I needed to buy coffee filters and a bottle of wine. (laughs) That's how single and white I am. Anyway. Um, so anyway, we, we, you know, we want to record the last episode in person. I have a very exciting and special end of. You know, this is our first full season that we've did, we've done. So I bought uh, Emily a completion of season two gift that I will want to gift her in person. I know, I know what I want to get Erica as her completion of season two gift. Oh no, I hope we don't get each other the same thing. Oh God. Oh shit! I don't know. What if we do? Oh, okay. We'll, we'll work something out with a listener. We'll have you tell somebody what you got, and then I'll tell somebody what I got, and then they'll tell one of us. No, but then we'll still give it away. I yeah. don't know. It's like the gift of the Magi. Damn it. Well, if we. As long as that person know, like, as long as they don't tell us what it is, 
they could tell us if it's the same thing. No, because that would be telling us if it's the same thing if it is the same thing. Right, but but then we know we got did you mine is already purchased and and here. Did you do that yet? I haven't purchased mine yet. No. Okay, so we need to do this short you know what? Okay. I'll, all right, we'll talk about this off air. Anyway, we'll talk about this off air. But anyway, <laughs> the point is that we're not recording until Sunday, June fifth. Right. Because so that I can get into the Bronx and we can record mm-hmm. in person and give each other gifts and, and have a fun time. Mm-hmm. Um so next week in place of um in place of an episode next Monday you will finally get the bonus interview with Dan Roebuck. Mm-hmm. Um and in the meantime send us feedback, gleecast at gmail.com. You know what I thought we should do what we did last year. Do you remember what we did at the our um season finale? We asked for everyone's top six performances. Songs? Yeah, top six performances. So let's do that again. Okay, let's do that again. So yeah. Send us feedback, send us feedback about the episode, and then send us feedback mm-hmm. with your top six performances of season two. Of season two, yeah. Not overall, uh, just of season two. Just season two, yes. Um, yeah, and we'll both make our top six list. As yes, well. we will. And we will share them, and there will be gifts and confetti and probably some God. beer. I was going to say, can we have cheese doodles or something, too? I feel like now it's got to be a party. Yeah, it should be a party. Okay. Our, our season finale party. Uh, and then we're not going anywhere. We'll still be back with um, bonus episodes and yeah. bonus spinoff podcasts and such, which we'll we tell you about. We still have two episodes of, uh, two, not episodes, two High School Musical High School Musical, yeah, through, plus a book club. You know, yeah, don't yep. worry. We're not going anywhere. Good times. Uh, yeah. Uh, so send your feedback to gleecast at gmail.com. Visit us on the forums at palaver.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Erica's name with a C. Yes. And at Deadly Dolls. With a D. Yep. With, with a double D. With a double D. Uh, and uh, visit my website at knitsasmallworld.com. I finally posted my... something. Yes, she did. Indeed. It's very cute. Uh, visit my quote-unquote website at deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com. And uh, we will talk to you guys in two weeks. Enjoy the season finale. Enjoy.